When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Yeah. Thanks for listening to the AZ Wildcats postgame show with John Schuster, Ben White. I am merely Mike Luke. All right. Arizona cruises. They beat the crap out of Cal. We'll talk about all that. But the Pac-12 network strikes again. This is the most Pac-12 thing ever. It's another reason I'm happy to be getting out of this conference. Um, the game goes out and you put on reruns. You might have well have put reruns of Columbo on. Schuster, that's just the way that it happens here in the uh, P- Pac-12. Nothing the Pack X Network does not have licensing opportunities to get Columbo. How right. dare you be disparaging? Thankfully, I will. Uh, I will. You know, for most of the folks who were watching on the uh, Pack X Networks uh, and lost the feed about uh, what two thirds of the way through the uh, second half, at least be thankful if you have the same uh, uh, one or two commercials that are still on the Pack X Network. <laughs> Didn't have to see Lizzie the uh, food nanny anymore. So, 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 so that, as far as I'm concerned, is a positive. I'm all about silver linings here, and I guess the good news by then is that even though whoever was responsible for uh, the broadcast discovered somewhere in the middle of the broadcast that their uh, severance package had ended as of January 31st, and they didn't have to work into February. Yeah, that's and almost then, what it felt like. And then decided to bail on the spot. Well, you know, perfectly fine by then. Arizona had pretty much taken care of business en route to what was somewhere in the neighborhood of a 30-point uh, win. Cats dominated in the first half and coasted from there. Ben, you were watching uh, live on assignment. Well, not live on assignment. You're in California. You could be live on an assignment. But um, technical difficulties strike the Pac-12. This is, like I said, this is another reason. This is an amateur-run organization. We need to get out of here. This doesn't happen anywhere else. Ben One White, what say you? Well, it sounds like they don't even have access to a studio anymore because every time you watch Ashley Adamson or whoever's doing a halftime report, uh, they're doing it from their house. Um, one of three things happen. A, either our friends forgot to pay the rent in the fabulous downtown San Francisco offices, which, as we know, is certainly not a cheap task. B, the severance package kicked in for whoever was in charge and realized, OK, I don't need to be here. Or C, uh, the employee just uh, quit and walked out on the job. You know, that's why you got to be nice to the people of the world like Jacob Franklin, because you never know. They could take the whole ship down with you there, Mike Luke. John Schuster knows somebody at the radio that just said i'm done with this i'm getting out of here all right in the middle of a show right in the middle an afternoon of a show, drive show if i'm not mistaken yes. all right now 
going into this game, Cal obviously sucks. But the one thing, though, that I wanted from this game, and we're going to get into all the players, the one thing that I wanted in this game, I wanted Arizona to smack them. Arizona plays way too many close games. I was hoping that Oregon was going to be a turning point where you're not just messing around with overmatched teams. Arizona did none of that. Arizona said we will get off to a 13-3 to start. And John Schuster, we will look we will look nowhere else, and we will smack them. That's what happened. Joking aside, Arizona needed this. I wanted Arizona to be able to destroy them. Yeah, and it, and it, you know, certainly in the first half, Arizona did what it needed to do to take care of business, which is great. I think they were up twenty points for at the half and for a good portion of the uh, first uh, twenty minutes as well. The only thing I think you get, uh, you know, maybe a little bit concerned about, and we'll find out this perhaps uh, in the Stanford matchup, is that you get into these situations where, you know, perhaps one of the issues that Arizona has is that. It can't. It, it isn't very good at its own success, so it doesn't uh, necessarily take to that success particularly uh, rapidly, and therefore it kind of gets disinterested. Uh, and it looked like for portions of the second half, you know, Arizona was in control. Cal cut it into the mid-teens occasionally, never really threatened. Some folks hoping to find some storyline. Uh, we're talking about how Cal played a good second half in the first matchup up there as well. But uh, the only thing that I think is potentially a concern about Arizona maybe just being so-so in the second half is that you don't necessarily want that to carry over into the next game. What you want the Oregon performance to be in the first half of the game tonight uh, against Cal to be is ultimately just you know, a, a, a catapult to where you focus better, know what the business is, and ultimately put teams away. And I think we hopefully we'll get some gauge about that uh, in the Stanford matchup, if Arizona appears disinterested against Stanford and it's closer than it should be, uh, then maybe that's still a concern because they're certainly not for lack of motivation. The Cats should be kind of pissed off over the weekend, and we'll see if they take it out on the Cardinal as we think they should. AZ Wildcat fan, you know me a little too well. Mike Luke watching Nebraska Nebraska ball while doing the show. I have no clue that Wisconsin was ranked sixth in the country until I saw this game. Um Talk about a fake good Big Ten team. We'll get to that, though, and we'll get to that a little bit later. Ben One White, one thing that I needed from this game is I needed – going into all these games, Kylan Boswell, to me, is going to make the difference for this team. I know what generally I'm going to get from a lot of these different players. I uh, And again, I know I sound like a broken record, but every now and then I make a good point, and I am going to beat it down and continue to beat it down. Um, Kylan Boswell, you got to – when he's aggressive, when he's playing well, when he's a difference maker, this is a different team. We need that. We need that Kylan Boswell. It looks like he's snapping out of this a little bit, Ben One White. He certainly looked better than he has the last few weeks. Granted, he only had seven points, but uh, to your point, I think he really took advantage there, especially in that first half where Cal just decided no matter what, they weren't going to defend. And guys like him had a clear path all the way to the rim. And you kind of thought to yourself, okay, if this is the defense that Cal is going to throw out, it's going to be a long night for them. But no, I mean, you're absolutely right. I think Boswell is a guy from what this team does offensively to where they are now to where they finish ultimately at the end of the season. It's going to key on it a lot about what he does, right? Because if he's struggling, if he is not locked in on both ends of the court, 
Uh, this team struggles. They really do. And I know he only had seven points, but he did a nice job of, of getting some good, easy looks today. He was getting other players involved. And I thought Arizona, you know, they really did what I think going into this matchup on paper, you look for them to do, which is dominate the paint. I mean, Arizona out-rebounded Cal by 20. Uh, Shu always talks about rebounding, and, and that's really how this team dominates. And Ballo, I think, is another guy, when you look at him, 22 points, obviously the player of the game. But I would argue that Ballo and Boswell needed to have a, a great game in terms of productivity, in terms of gaining their confidence back. And I thought both of them did a great job of that today. I watched this game, and I thought I saw a little bit of a Circle K spunk from these players. Would you say that you saw a little bit of the same, or am I maybe saying that, or am I you maybe might, going you might be onto something there. Let's hear more. What say you, John Schuster? You think there's a little bit of that? I'm uh, concerned about how close to the inner circle you're actually getting here. <laughs> Join inner circle for free by downloading the circle K app today. Terms and conditions apply at participating locations. Visit circle for details. All right. Um, now again, uh, what else do we have here? Uh, we'll get to, oh, and one other thing, Empire Flooring. I kid you not, I was at my parents' house the other day. I looked at the flooring. It is one of the, uh, it doesn't look like a house that raised me because the flooring is absolutely immaculate. Check it out, Empire Flooring, my friends. Empire Flooring, Empire Today. Schedule your free in-home estimate. All listeners can receive $350 off discount when they use promo code PHNX. Restrictions apply. See empiretoday.com for uh, PHNX for details. All right, back to uh, Kylan Boswell, though. Generally, I think we know that, like I said, I think with Caleb Love, who we're going to get to in a second, and I am here for the entire Caleb Love experience. Um, but um, I am all about uh, I'm all about Caleb Love. Um, obviously, I think generally you kind of have an idea what you're going to get out of the other players. But I'm going to keep I'm going to keep beating this down. Kylan Boswell, we have seen good Kylan Boswell before. We've seen we know what he's capable of. So when people keep asking me again on Twitter, Mike, where's the my bad Kylan uh, moment? There will be none of that because I know he's good. Shoe, joking aside, we saw it against Duke. We've seen it in some other games when he is a really good player. Arizona just needs that, and he's not to where he was. He's not to where he needs to be, but he's at least getting into the paint a little bit. He at least looks a little bit more... Um, uh, uh, he looks at least looks a little bit more aggressive out there. A little, uh, you know, uh, armchair psychology without the armchair. I feel like Kylan Boswell just needs to focus on being Kylan Boswell and not worrying about Caleb Love. And if he just uh, and, and, and it feels like, in essence, there's sort of perhaps this like internal competition there where Love comes into the program, gets all the pub, gets the highlight reels, understandably makes some big shots, has the ball in his hand, the rest of it. And perhaps it has enveloped Love in the, uh, or rather enveloped Boswell in the Caleb Love experience, as uh, Mike Luke would like to call it. So Boswell, I think, would behoove himself if he just worries less about what it is that Love is doing to help the team and does the things that he can contribute to help the team as well. And within Arizona's system, I think uh, as long as you're doing those sorts of things, especially on the defensive end, if you can help Arizona, and, and Boswell's capable of uh, racking up steel numbers and being a pretty good defender. Uh, and because he's on the perimeter, that's the type of thing that occasionally allows Arizona to get out into transition breaks. You do your part like that, the other stuff falls into play, and you'll be just fine. 
TLN with the question of the day. What's worse, Pac-12 Network or Big Ten teams? Hmm. Might steal that for a little bit of a later time. A little bit of a later time. Translation, that means that Mike Luke's going to text that at some point. On one of his many social media platforms. But I will will say this, though. Could you guys imagine if the Big Ten Network went out during a game? The outrage you would hear? You're not going to even hear about this Pac-12 outage outside of tonight amongst our little circle here. Nebraska takes down Wisconsin. Nebraska ball. We did it. Boom. We did it. Thank the Cre Anybody you know from Crete, Nebraska, you will thank them. Uh, you'll thank them and you should thank them now. Um, okay. Umar Ballo, leader of men. This was a very good game for Umar Ballo, leader of men. Um, again, I, I think with him, he's a good player. He's kind of matchup specific, but in games like this, these are the games that he should dominate. And uh, again, you can't really take 20 and 10 for granted, but Umar Ballo did his part out there, Ben One White. Yeah, I mean, this is his type of game, right? When you lack size, when you lack athleticism up front, like like Cal does, you know, you really should play inside out. And that starts with him. And I, I thought he was tremendous tonight. Um, the 22 points is all well and good, but I'd really like, and I know there's obviously room for improvement, but I really like the six for 11 from the free throw line because he was below 50%, even for the longest stretch there, the last We have small expectations at the free throw line, but Ben, you're right. We do. We do. But as you can gradually see, it's a little bit better. Boswell was hyping it up him up a little bit when he missed a couple of easy ones and then went perfect after that. But nonetheless, look, I mean, he's a guy we've talked about with this team in terms of just his ability and his skill set. Is it limited at times? Yeah. Do you kind of know what he is at times? Yeah. But that doesn't mean he can't be a very good basketball player. And in a game like this, you like to, you like to see him get going. But again, I'll be curious to see, because as we saw against Stanford last time, how does that transition to Sunday? Because the matchup is not going to quite be the same. It's definitely doable. Don't get me wrong, but you know, I think he's somebody who, when you look at all the starters from a consistency standpoint, he really has struggled over the last month and a half. I know Boswell has had a pretty down stretch, but you know, Ballo's a guy who can have 20 and, and 10 one game and then have seven and, and, and five the next. And I think you need to get to a point with him where you're, you're seeing a little bit more consistency. And a game like this is a, the step in the right direction for that. All right. Lots of questions coming in hot and heavy about the hat. Now, um, Here's the hat with uh, with with the hat. I actually found the hat in the uh, in my closet um, when I was doing. Uh, um, so again, it was it wasn't in the Kia Opt. It wasn't in the Kia Optima that was stolen, but it was in the uh, it was in my closet, which was a very nice little discovery because I had no clue. Uh, I had no clue where it was, but again, it has been found. The hat is safe. Good stuff. All right, now. Um, California real quick, California also to me is kind of indicative of why I'm also happy to get out of the PAC 12. Um, there's way too many fan bases here that care absolutely nothing about sports. And I'm going to give you an example. Cal is one of them. Generally, when you play some teams, you all know that, uh, you all know that, you know, there's going to be some other fans coming and going. John Schuster, have you ever met a Cal fan outside of uh, uh, Kevin Woodman's fake friend that he said he knows from Cal? Uh, you know, it's it's interesting. It's one of those eras because, uh, you know, I am from Generation Stonehenge. So I do remember things like Jason Kidd and Lamont Murray. At the very least, during I that brief era, uh, there were times where they were kind of an excitable duo. And as a result of that, you'd have a brief 
group of kids who maybe were Cal fans. The logo looked pretty good. The, the, the blue and the yellow bounces off each other pretty well. They got the nice color scheme and things were, you know, but the reality of the situation, as you're about to note, is exactly that. There isn't uh, a whole hell of a lot that falls under the category of being a, a Cal fan per se. And, 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 and I think to some degree, if you'll, you know, we hear this, maybe, it, you know, this general, that team's got, that's a school with potential or a school you could win at that school or that, you know, sort of, sort of thing. It's kind of like if you were ranking teams based on potential that have obstacles that they shouldn't, that never get anywhere near to that potential, Cal would probably be right at or near the top of that uh, athletic failure list. There like is no... There's there, how many other teams are out there across the scope of the NCAA in Division One that have as much potential as Cal does and can't do anything with it? I like if I'm Cal, if I'm a school like that, I just start cheating. I loved when Todd Bozeman was there. You knew he was cheating. It didn't matter. It was fun. It was only going to last four or five years. Ben One White, you weren't even alive when this was occurring. But uh, long story short, he brings in Jason Kidd, who's the top player in the country. Everyone's like, how'd he get him? He cheated. How'd he get Lamont Murray? He cheated. How'd he get Sharif Abdurrahim? He cheated. That's what you need to do at schools like this. You need to cheat more. And, and now even how- more. We don't even know what cheating is anymore. That's true. Yeah, no I, mean, joke. I don't think you can cheat. But Ben, you're uh, you're in the uh, mean streets of uh, California. Schools like that that stink, cheat. Yeah, everybody cheats, man. Antonio Pierce at ASU cheats, right? I mean, everybody cheats. Or like that into the Raiders job. Yes, exactly. Sometimes Pierce you got to hire get... Todd Bozeman. <laughs> right? <laughs> but uh, but again, though, I don't know. Cal, though, to me, is like a, the program that if Cal like fell into the ocean. Nobody um, would notice, right? Nobody would notice. You but, know? but they should. And I think right. that's my point. Cal should be able to win. And there are and, and there are so many times where the admin, you know, pick it. The city, the administration, uh, scandals, whatever weird hurdle, whatever weird cursed hurdle there is in Berkeley that gets in the way of a program that should be perennially successful in a number of sports. Nope. By the way, uh, Shelby, great point right here. And other people made the point as well. Did you see the cheating that went on in the Northwestern Purdue game? Uh, I did not. So I'm always willing to be enlightened about cheating. What do you think the free throw differential in this game was, John Schuster? Just take Uh, it. It was 104 to seven in favor (laughs) of Purdue. You're actually not that far off. It was 46 to eight. Oh, wow. That is cheating. That's terrible. That is choking aside. That's what Nick Cronin would say. Who's Nick Cronin? I don't know. Some Cronin guy. Who's the guy at UCLA? Yeah, yeah, Mick Mick Cronin. Oh, um, Mick. But- okay, so oh, okay, so that Cronin guy would say something like this that there would be cheating involved. All right. Now, let's talk about I want to talk about Keyshawn Johnson a little bit here. Um Keyshawn to me or as Ben White would call him Keyshawn Johnson. Um A lot of people called him that, but yes. Yes, I know and I don't get it. It bothers me. Um Keyshawn Johnson though is I I need I need a he's It's going to be great player. when we find out that Ben was right. Oh, it's not right. I, unlike others, I looked in the pronunciation guide. Um, but and I was corrected, Shu, by somebody who would probably know. 
Mm, all right, oh, you are enough. definitely correct. Yes. By somebody possibly on the coaching staff per se. Just saying. But Keyshawn Johnson, I believe that he should be a. I, I like to call these players recession-proof players. That you're 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 supposed to be an energy hustle guy, and he makes some open threes every single game. I think Keyshawn Johnson should have at least fourteen points and eight rebounds. What say you guys? Am I being stupid? No, I, I think you're spot on. I mean, I think he was brought in to kind of be that complimentary scoring piece to love, really. And those two kind of play off each other in the sense that if, if one's not clicking, it, it really has been traditionally over the last couple of months a tough game for both of them collectively when that happens. Um, he is somebody that obviously needs to be set up right. He needs to be in a good position to either get to the rim or make some good, easy mid-range looks. But as he's shown, you know, over the last few weeks, he does have the ability to, to stretch the court. And I don't think he's somebody who you necessarily want shooting seven or eight threes a game, but he's enough just to keep defenses honest. And two for four from night tonight and, um, you know, six for 13 from the field, he's just so efficient as well. And you, you talk about this team and, and ball movement and, and passing and, and all that great stuff. And I think it speaks to Lloyd, what he's been able to do with, with Keisha Johnson and love just because of the efficiency of both of the players. And when they're both clicking, Mike, um, Arizona's going to be tough to spot a uh, stop, but from a scoring standpoint, I think how successful this team is come March, come postseason time when it matters, it's really going to be dependent on Johnson and love both having big games simultaneously. All right. Now, it is time for the Desert Financial Credit Union by the numbers. This is a branded segment here. Again, all right. This if is you called, hadn't figured out. This, yes, if you didn't know, this is a branded segment. Um, this is called a butt kicking. 50, uh, 50 uh, from the field, 37, 51 rebounds, many by Umar Ballo, leader of men, third to 32 rebounds for Cal. And again, this is presented by Desert Financial Credit Union, America, Arizona's number one credit union named by uh, Forbes. Ben White has thought about moving back to uh, from, Cal uh, from California to Arizona just so that he can get in and become a uh, part of the Desert Financial Credit Union. We're trying to work on it, but we will find that out. Um, but yeah, what do you guys think about these numbers that Jacob Franklin put together? I thought that was a read worthy of Mick Cronin. Uh, it was good that uh, Arizona did what it was supposed to do and took care of business. Uh, how many uh, three-pointers did they attempt, by the way? I know that the percentage wasn't uh, that great, but how many did they shoot overall? When you... Uh, and look this 24. Up. Oh, Thanks. 24? Yeah. Okay, right. 24 is a higher number than I think they should have shot. Uh, I, I'm not generally comfortable overall with the Cats shooting that many uh, threes because I don't th I don't think that's necessarily the strength of their game. Shooting 50% over that from uh, the field is uh, great, but uh, you know, other than that, I you know, 24 is a little, and maybe some of those were jacked up a little late or something like that. But that that that's that's probably the only complaint that I would have based on. Uh, uh, the overall numbers that were out there, not what the percentage was so much, but the numbers that they took in that capacity, because I feel like their offense has an opportunity to move a little bit more effectively. You guys talked about Johnson, and I think uh, one of the things, in addition to Ben's point about uh, them being in play, uh, him being good enough to keep teams honest from the perimeter, when he's active, it just makes Arizona better across the board. Thank there's a, you. There's a trickle-down component there that works for Arizona at a lot of positions if Johnson is engaged. And I don't know why it was, but I, but, but I think there's a correlation, at least that's my theory right now, in Arizona seeming kind of disinterested in a good portion of January, and Johnson 
not delivering particularly good numbers and kind of disappearing. When he's active, it appears to open a lot of other things off and allows Arizona's athleticism to be utilized more effectively. And I think that's clearly pretty helpful long term. And see, that's the thing that's frustrating to me, guys, is that his game is predicated off energy and athleticism. Those are things that shouldn't leave. Those are things that you should always have. Listen, Caleb Love is going to have an eight for 92 game. I mean, that's there's going to be some of those games where the shot just doesn't fall. But when you have the energy, when you're an energy hustle type player, I, it's like Dennis Rodman, give you an example, was always going to get 15 rebounds in each game because that's what his game was predicated on. I believe that Keyshaw Johnson should be able to do the same thing, guys. Tell me that I'm wrong. Oh, you're not. I mean, because we've seen it. I mean, we've seen it here. We've seen it the last four years and other places he's been, right? And and when he's doing that, to Shu's point, I mean, it really hits the nail on the head, right? I mean, it just sparks a different energy and, and just attitude amongst this whole team. And I think it's fair to say at this point, right, obviously the talent is there. Yeah, there have been some challenges in the on the perimeter defensively for this team. I totally get that. Yeah, Balo at times does seem limited and you do worry about the, the, the starting center play at times for this team. But by and large, when you look at what's happened over the last six weeks, to me, it's it's been effort. It's been guys just not being engaged. And when he's engaged, you know, they're going to be in a good spot. And again, it goes back to everything that we've been talking about, right? The quality of the opponent, the Pac-12 conference. This team is going to do this program, I think, is going to see a lot of benefit, as we've talked about over and over, moving over to the Big 12, because in mid-January, Mike, as you know, with those teams that you're going to be playing in the conference, you can't take any games off. And I think this team really is at a point where they have to play like every game could potentially be their last. And they have to bring that energy. They have to bring that attitude. And they have to bring that effort every single game. Because as we've seen over the last few weeks, if this team gets disengaged on a possession or two, it's a 15-point lead. And then suddenly it's a five-point lead because the opposition made a series of a couple of threes where you really weren't trying to defend it. So I think the margin for error just really isn't as big for this team, maybe compared to some other talented teams across college basketball, let's, but let's remember this too. Like I know Cal's not a great team, but in terms of experience, I think the majority of their roster was, was made up. They were talking about on the broadcast uh, with transfers and that that's just the nature of college sports. Now, when you are able to bring guys in, Keisha Johnson's a perfect example. Caleb love is a perfect example. And that translates to other programs across the country. They're not necessarily going to be better or as good as Arizona, but they're going to be tough. They're going to be experienced. And when you're playing seniors and grad transfers, I don't care how bad the team is. You you can't take any possession off because those guys are experienced. Uh, they're smart basketball players. And as you've seen with Arizona, you got to be locked in at all times. And I think, and we, Mike and Ben, what's kind of helpful in that regard is that um, – Johnson and Love at least understand what's necessary in the NCAA tournament. So hopefully that's the kind of spark that uh, falls under the equation. I'm just, I, I don't know, but I wonder if Johnson just wasn't right for a portion of the last month. And I, I, and I don't know does what he more, does, has he looked what more in the last is, couple games, what you wanted it, to see. Yes, absolutely. And before that too. And, and be, because it doesn't make sense, given his history at San Diego State, which is an every game defense, every possession, rebound, lockdown, effort team, then that's the reason you brought him into the program. Johnson was never really an effort problem. So it seemed weird when he flatlined a little bit. 
And right. so hopefully what we have here is, uh, you know, whatever issue may or may not have been there has been taken care of. The effort's there and it helps Arizona as a whole. Yeah. Now, I need Arizona to smash Stanford as well. Obviously, Stanford um, had one of the best shooting performances of the season. It looks like Stanford is beating ASU. Keep this one coming. Keep the updates coming, my friends. Three-point um, game. Three minutes left. Stanford what, up three. AS, or Stanford's up three. Good. Yep. But Arizona needs to smack Stanford as well. They're 10 and nine. They should beat Stanford. They should beat the snot out of Stanford in McHale. These are the games I'm talking about where you're better. Don't mess around. Turn the corner. Get this big victory, Ben One White. You have to. And I think every game leading into the Pac 12 conference or tournament, excuse me, should be a big victory at this point. Um, you've shown over the last month and a half that you're very vulnerable in the sense that everything we've talked about, effort, energy, athleticism it just isn't always there when you're not putting your best foot forward with this team and you've got obviously Stanford and then the mountain trips is going to be tough right because Colorado and Utah that's those are both road games and they're never easy I don't care what kind of year it is for both of those programs Arizona historically has struggled at times to win at both of those places and then ASU right I get ASU is not very good I get you know we're watching here in real time against Stanford but Again, right, you need to win all of these games because as we talked about last week a little bit on the show, too, because when you start dropping more games here at this point in the season, fellas, we're going to get to a point where that Pac-12 tournament is actually going to have to mean something. And come early March, you don't want it to have to mean something. You don't want to have to win that tournament and have to be playing for a seed in the NCAA tournament. You don't want to have to be fighting for a two seed in the West. You want to get to a point where you can control what you can control. You can win these games and you can get to the tournament with the clear proven track record of being the best team in the conference. And obviously the goal is to win the Pac-12 tournament, but we know fluky things happen. You know, it's certainly not perfect that time of year, but your resume will be good enough at that point because you have the quality wins, especially going back to early in the year, just because of Arizona's quality in terms of who they've played in the non-conference. And you were able to overcome, I think, some obstacles in January, which historically... Uh, let's be honest, a lot of college basketball programs, top ones have had struggles in January. She likes to refer to it as the dog days, right? So if you're able to do all those things and take care of business here the next seven or eight games, you're going to be in a good spot. I was driving back from the game. Is this what they were playing, the Elton John AIDS in Africa documentary? <laughs> it may have been depending on whatever the feed was. I got some uh, women's basketball. Uh, I got women's basketball, too. And then I got our our buddy, Mike, uh, Doug Tamaro, talking about ASU. He was on TV. So John Schuster cool. knows Doug Tamaro. This is true. Well, she I mean, everybody. Well, you guys know Doug Tamaro, too, and you know him better than I do. I haven't talked. No, to him you've known Doug Tamaro. I haven't talked to Tamaro in like 30 years, uh, but I wish him the best because uh, he is he's uh, the he's absolutely the definition of what that profession should be. All right. Yep. Yeah, I didn't want to say a good that. thing. Yes. I, I also heard somebody call. I was thrown off a little bit today. Uh, 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 somebody was referring to the NBA as the MNBA. I had no clue what that meant for quite a while. Um, the Men's National Basketball Association. <laughs> that was brought up at the game today. Um, I just thought that was interesting. Um, okay. Now, uh, let's talk about um, where do we want to go with this? Yes. Stanford, Stanford, Stanford. Um, smack Stanford. Again, they're probably going to come into, they're probably going to come in. Oh, here, let's see her. Let's see her. AZ Wildcat fan. It actually it went women's basketball to Doug to Pat Tillman. <laughs> <laughs> My question is this. How did they have the, I get the other ones. How did they have the Elton John one in there though? 
Like, I'm, I'm, impressed, I'm impressed that somebody was still watching the networks yeah. that late in the transition process. I was long gone by then. Do you think that a lot of these people were maybe consuming some OGs at this point? Goodness. Well, they were in the right. They I, were I think in the right you had been consuming them for a while. If you look up at the screen, you probably thought maybe you consumed too many OGs at that point. You're like, where's yeah, the game? Don't worry about don't worry about Big Bill Norton. His mother's coming on the show tomorrow. We have good news about BBN. Do not worry about BBN. Um, all right, but OGs, Ben White, a big fan of OGs. We all know this. When you think Ben White, you think OGs. Um, to learn more about Ben White and OGs, go to OGs Gummies. You can head on over to ogsbrands.com. You might even see a picture of Big Ben White, Big Ben White, or Big Bill Norton, maybe. But Big Bill Norton, uh, his uh his I will say his wife, his mother will be on the show tomorrow. <laughs> Very much looking forward to that. All right. Arizona needs to run off some wins here because again, with, with this squad and yes, KJ. Oh yes. Yes. I'm all over the place right now, which is par for the course for me. KJ Lewis, 14 points in 16 minutes. I've been on record from, I believe this is the best NBA prospect on the team. Um, I believe he's going to be, I believe he's one year away from being an absolute monster. What do you guys think? Ben has never been a KJ Lewis fan. What do you say, uh, John? Why do you believe Lewis is a better NBA prospect than Love is? Uh, because Love is also 23 years old. This dude's 18. And this guy's just scratching the surface, I think. I think that he is, I think from an athleticism perspective, I think from an ability to finish being around the ball, I think that he's just getting, I think he's just getting started. I don't think, I think Caleb Love is far more, clo- or is far closer to what he is than what KJ Lewis is. Obviously, Caleb Love is better, but John Schuster, is that your way of saying you think Caleb Love is a better NBA prospect? Well, you're I I yield to you when it comes to you know uh how you view players and 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 how they translate to the next level. But uh just generally looking at it, it it appears to me at least that Love has the athleticism necessary to be successful at that level. I think Lewis is great. I, I I think Lewis's upside is really good. And I like things he does that aren't necessarily focused on trying to score points. So I like his that- on Adams in him. Uh, well, I mean, I, I hope that he's got yeah, better NBA okay. upside than Hassan Adams does. If that's what you see, then that's fine by me. You are the comparison guy. So if that's what you see, that is fine by me. Ben White, we got to give you a real shout out. Carl Schrader, the great Carl Schrader, <laughs> ball out of the park. Ben's ability to professionally respond to the chaos of this show is impressive. Hats off to you, sir. Ben, that is a compliment. I'm not this sure. This is what happens when you spend too much time with Mike Luke. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know what? I'm an acquired taste. I think that that is uh, that is. Uh, Mike is no day at the beach. Sometimes yes, the Mike Luke broadcast is like a pack X uh, yes, yes. feed a, a day after the uh, a day after the check is stopped clearing. Oh, hey, we didn't. I didn't put these out. Actually, I think I didn't put these out there. Uh, real quick, I've had a lot of people ask about the Kia, and we're going to get back to the games. Jacob Franklin, can you pull up these uh, these uh, perpetrator pictures that I took at the scene of the crime when it was pulled over? Hmm. All right. All right. So here's this. Here's the front seat, obviously, but it gets better. Go in the back. All right. Let's go to the back. Let's go to the back. All right. Here's where it gets good. You got you got her. You got all the fake nails here, which is awesome. You got like dog hair or something in here. I'm not sure what that is. You got her own little notes, but the Wildcats ready 1290 badge. I I had this, though. I would think that piece of notepaper actually would belong to you. I've seen your notepaper. No, but that's not how I write. That's a be- that's actually better than uh, the better wow. than I actually write. Um, 
you wouldn't be able to decipher anything. I can decipher that one. But here's how they found this putz. So she was driving around. I was talking with the officer about it. Generally, what happens, and we'll get back to basketball in a second, but this amuses me. Um, generally, what happens when somebody steals a car, the officer told me, was they remove the license plate. And a lot of times what they'll do is they'll go take somebody else's license plate, put it on there, because a lot of times, I mean, I don't go, I mean, I'm sure Ben Ben White checks his uh, uh, license plate every time, but Schuster and I don't. So uh, they go, and then they drive off, and, um, you know, you got it for two months, and then you flip it over again. This dummy was driving around the city with my license plate, with a GTA mm. on her resume. And so the cop's like, yeah, we just followed her to her house, and uh, yeah, then we arrested her. Um, now there's fentanyl everywhere in the car and all this stuff, but, uh, um, either way, these are stupid criminals. How in the world are you driving around in my license plate with, it's already been reported as a theft. John Schuster, what say you? Well, uh, I, I say that you still have a little bit of work to do here to catch up to the number of times that I've had a car stolen, but, uh, at least, uh, they liked a quality sedan and, uh, you know, I hope it uh, served. No, I don't hope it served them particularly well <laughs> at all. I'm just probably the most curious as to what color you think would look best on your nails. I mean, you certainly have an opportunity and an entire rainbow spectrum there to choose. I'm thinking lime or neon uh, neon green looks pretty good. I think you could sport some sweet, uh, some sweet apparel there. And if you got the really long ones. You know, right. we'll point it at the end with the little dazzles, the little bedazzles at the tip. Dude, you would be looking pretty darn impressive. Yeah, they won. And here's the other thing, too, uh, that um, uh, she had like five purses in there. And so the no. cops told me they're like, you can take all of this stuff. I didn't want to take any of it because it just. <laughs> Why would you want any of that? Uh, yeah, because I think he was telling me you could go sell it at a store or something like that. I didn't yeah. want to do any of that. Um, but. There were five purses in there as well. She was literally living out of it. Um, now he's getting custom back the A nails with the 3D art. Mm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but that's uh that's a good look. Yeah, that is a good look. But and again, I promise we're gonna get back to basketball in just a second. Um, so, anyways, John Schuster, I wanted to tell you about this. Our good friend Ben White shamed me into uh I just bought a brand new Nissan Altima. Ben White said that if he drove out of the lot with a Nissan Altima, he would feel gross. What? You would feel yep. gross? What he said. That's exactly that's what not a, That's said. not quite exactly what I said. That's exactly what it said. I have the tweet or I have the text. So you believe that Mike Luke settled at a level that is not comparable to Ben White when it comes to superior uh, vehicular options. I, I think Mike Luke settled on himself. I was pushing the Honda Accord, man. That's probably the vehicle I will be going with later in the year when my lease is up. Ooh, That's all. When my lease is when up. When my lease is up. <laughs> wow. That's a, you know, hey, it's a, it's a solid car. They're all, all the cars mentioned on this show so far have been very solid. You and could probably also, what's the word I'm looking for? Take out a loan on them at uh, whatever the financial institution is. Desert and Financial got, Credit Union. That one, I, yes. And I got a lot of it knocked off as well as part of an endorsement deal. You Ooh. might see me on a commercial. You oh. might see oh boy, Mike, wow, Michael, not, it's not NIL, it's MIL. 
<laughs> yeah. All right. Patrick Stark, you're smarter than me. I agree. But again, when you, if you want to knock $6,500 off, I'm going to take whatever you want. So, uh, there's, uh, that's where we're at. Mike, you got an old man's car. True. I don't care. Um, but you guys see. should have seen what Mike drove uh, about seven years ago. If you talk about an old man's car. Oh, which one, which one was it? The, was the, the Ford Taurus. Oh, the Ford Taurus. Oh, I have actually gone way up. I've gone from a gray Ford Taurus to a white Kia Optima to a gray Nissan Altima. I am slowly going up, slowly going up. Would you say, which, Ben, would you say that my trajectory is headed in the right direction? Yes, it is slowly, but surely. All right. Yes. That's what I like to, uh, yeah, that's what I, that's what I like to hear. All right. ASU. Oh, and the, uh, the Kia boys, it was a Kia girl. That's the other thing. It was a Kia girl. So that's the, uh, yeah, whatever. Um, so maybe right. behind bars as a community service, she can, you know, she can do your nails. You know what's do amazing? that sweet designer U of A stuff. You know what's amazing too is that now I get a uh, I get like so I'm in some like crime victim thing or whatever. Here's my victim notification, by the way. Um, but uh, just in case you don't believe me, but every single time now that uh, this person moves, they meet with their parole officer or their whatever it is, a probation officer, whatever it is. I get a notification that that meeting had occurred and that they are still uh, in the city. So again. If you commit crimes, I'm going to be keeping an eye on you. It is impressive. Lie to Mike Luke, know, he'll find out it, the truth either way. It is impressive how we know the nuances of the legal system, isn't it? Mike, yes, but yeah, dude, I'm I am in. Yeah, no, I'm tough. I mean, I'm I am tough. All right, now we all right. We got to get back to basketball because Jacob Franklin is saying I'm an idiot. He actually didn't say that, but he's right. But first, the BetMGM Sportsbook app. Now, John Schuster, do you use the BetMGM Sportsbook app? It has happened. All right, check it out. The BetMGM Sportsbook app, all kinds of good stuff on there. Uh, hold on, I gotta find it. Um, all right, sign up for BetMGM. Use bonus code PHNX. Place your first BetMGM Sportsbook wager through BetMGM Sportsbook mobile app for at least five dollars. You'll receive one fifty-eight instantly in additional winnings, regardless of your wager's outcome. Check out the show notes for full details. Let's hear Shane Diefenbach with the disclaimer. Promo code 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877 hope or text hope Y 467-369-NEW-YORK. Call one 800 Massachusetts. 21 plus to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP-ARIZONA. 1-800-BETS-OFF-IOWA. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help Michigan. 1-800-991-0023 Puerto Rico in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Visit BetMGM.com for terms. This promotional offer is not available in New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. You were wrong, Mike Luke. That was the great Damon Farrell shoes buddy with the disclaimer. That was the great Damon dog. All right. Now, Arizona basketball back. Sorry. Dylan's bike was not found. Um, we need to get back to Arizona basketball, though, because this is an Arizona basketball postgame show. Arizona should, Arizona should still win this conference. Does anybody have that Oregon score for me? Um, keep that one coming if you would. But Arizona, uh, Oregon to me is the one school where it's like, all right, I mean, you know, but Arizona clearly outplayed Oregon in that game. Arizona should win this conference. And people say, well, you know, we need to be scoreboard watching. I say no scoreboard watching as I'm asking you to uh, give me the score. <laughs> um, but uh, yes, uh, let's see. Oh, 56, 37. Oregon's up by 22 points. So uh, USC's uh, it's 37, 37, my friend. A uh, little, little air reading there. Oh, Wow. Okay. Well, that changes everything entirely. But either way, Arizona is the best team in this conference. Arizona, if Arizona takes care of business, they're going to be good. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think we would all be woefully surprised if Arizona doesn't win this conference in the yeah. regular season. You know, you never know exactly what's going to happen in the con in the last 
of the Pax X tournaments, of course. But, uh, you know, Arizona should obviously be favored in that as well. If the Cats don't win the regular season conference title, something woefully went wrong. Uh, because only Oregon, I think, has the potential talent week in and week out to be able to match that. And they're just not at that level of consistency for right. whatever I reason. I think, uh, you know, but... Ben made a great point a few moments ago talking about how Arizona needs to stack these wins as well because you are playing for seeding. Up until, you know, somewhere in early January, it seemed like a foregone conclusion that Arizona was going to be no worse than a one or a two in the West. And now, I mean, you 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 have, what, three or four losses that are not at all impressive uh, that you can't argue away be, because there are too many of them. So you're going to have you have some work ahead of you right. uh, to be right. able to seal the position that you want come tournament time. All right, that had me excited there for a second. All right, it's 37 to 37. Uh USC, this is uh this is never a good omen. USC is shooting 65% from Ooh. the field and they are tied. Um the uh, but Ben, honestly though, um we're kind of I think we're kind of at the stage now too with Arizona with Tom, with the Tommy Gun where he's going to be judged on what happens in March. Um yeah. Now, listen, because, again, um, obviously regular season, he's absolutely fantastic. We're lucky to have him. All of the, uh, uh, with all due respect, uh, remarks in there. But, um, you know, again, his team's, he's had four games, and in seven of the eight halves, Arizona's looked like crap. Um, this team, good or bad, is going to be judged in March, Ben One White. Well, yeah, and there's no excuse to lose to Oregon State. Now, granted, I know how it happened all of us were reminded at halftime how that happened with the interview. They lost to Stanford. There's no excuse for the losses that we've seen over the last few weeks. And I think the concerning part and the part that you really don't want to hear is I wasn't expecting us to turn the calendar to the first week of February and be talking about how Arizona could either be a team that wins the title and wins it all, or they could lose in the first round to a, a 15 seed. And I think that's what's really concerning. And you've really got a stretch here to prove that it's not going to be the second option here. You've got to take care of business. You've got to be consistent because the talent is there. This team knows damn well what they're capable of. They match up very well with most teams throughout college basketball. They've proven it. They can do it on the biggest stage. They beat Duke. They beat Michigan State. They beat Wisconsin. Nebraska ball beat Wisconsin too as well, by the way, just in case you guys didn't know. Yes, exactly. And they played neck and neck with Purdue. I get Purdue was a loss, but, you know, Purdue was also shooting lights out and, and Arizona battled hard. And we also right? know that there was probably cheating behind the scenes going on as well. Yes, especially at the free throw line. So when you factor all that into the equation, right, I mean, this is a really good basketball team. I mean, is is it on Tommy Lloyd to, to get them more energized and into the game? Maybe, but at the same time, you've got experienced players, you've got talented players, and you've got guys who know what they need to do out there. Um, Keyshawn Johnson and Caleb Love, I think it starts with those two. If Keyshawn Johnson has his head in it every single game, he comes out aggressive, he brings the athleticism, he brings the scoring. To Shoe's point earlier, the rest kind of follows from there. And as long as you're getting consistent play out of him and Love, uh, the rest of this team, I think, is going to be okay. Now, Boswell has struggled. There's no secret about that. Tonight was a nice bounce-back game, only seven points, but I thought the way he did it was pretty impressive. Um, but there's just a lot of equations, and there's a lot of things that could go wrong for this team that I don't think a lot of us were expecting to still be talking about at this point in the year. 
John Schuster, I see you flummoxed by Ben One White's uh, professional remarks. Uh, I, I, I was flummoxed by, and I shouldn't be flummoxed because I expect nothing but the highest level of professionalism from of Ben flummoxes. White. As per the usual, he delivered pristinely. What I found, one of the, that Oregon trip is kind of Arizona season in a microcosm, at least from January and at least for, for the league portion of it. And what we're concerned about and where the potential is uh, come tournament time. Oregon State's lousy. There is zero excuse yeah, for you losing it. Yeah. yeah, there's zero excuse for you losing the game at Oregon State. And then, you know, we're all kind of understandably worried because now they've dropped Oregon State after at Washington State, after at Stanford. When's the last time that happened to an Arizona basketball team? Ben Lindsay? You know, it's not exact. That's not exactly a common uh, occurrence around these parts that you're dropping games at those three locations. And Oregon State, that that was inexcusable when it had happened two times before. And now we're getting concerned. Are they lethargic? What's going on? Is there discontent? Is there are there off the court things that shouldn't be happening? Do they need to get focused and all this? And then they go into Oregon and absolutely command that game against what I think is the second, and, and I think we agree, what's the second most talented team in this conference? Far and away, uh, I, yeah. I know that, you know, the know. Uh, bracket people who actually don't watch college basketball and look at Kempon net and this net and that algorithm and the other the and, the and so forth have, um, have Oregon uh, on a lot of these brackets as one of the last on the outside looking in. You can't look at the talent of that Oregon team and tell me that they wouldn't be representative in an NCAA tournament field. They're the second most talented team in this conference with a big game that they needed to win after Arizona looked pathetic against Oregon State and they got dominated on their home floor. Uh, and, and and so the, the that's kind of the Jekyll and Hyde uncertainty of where Arizona is right now. And there is concern that they could be the team that we've seen in the tournament. And there is understandable hope that they could be the team that we've seen knock off Duke, knock off Michigan State, and win at Oregon over the weekend. What is well? Let me let me ask you guys this. I was thinking about this. The Big Twelve is hands down the best basketball conference in the country. Um, what uh, what should we expect next year, uh, Arizona? Be and a big reason why I'm asking that too is that every single game. I think what's amazing about that is that every single game you go into, these are packed arenas. This isn't like it is in the Pac-12. These are packed arenas, and these are good teams. This is going to be, I don't want to say a wake-up call, but this is going yeah. to be something that we haven't seen before, fellas. Well, I think at times, right? I mean, Arizona's going to lose a lot more games than they really ever have in history, probably in the regular season. And that may sound alarming at first. That might may sound certainly concerning. But, I mean, it's par for the course when you just look at the quality of the conference, right? I mean, there's no really give-me's in this conference next year. Um, even the bottom-feeding teams, I mean, outside of BYU, I mean, historically, all these teams in the conference going into next year have had pretty good track records when it comes to basketball. Um, you look at a school even like Kansas, right? They've lost certainly a number of games this year. They've lost four games, right? And they're considered one of the top teams in the country. Um, same goes for a number of other different teams in that conference. So I just think with quality of, of opponent, right, uh, there is going to be some more, obviously, parity and, and games lost. But again, with the way it shakes out, it'll be interesting because we have this realignment. So it may not necessarily be a bad thing or necessarily hurt Arizona in the grand scheme of things, but 
I think with, I mean, when you look at certainly the makeup of this team and next year, it'll be a little bit different, but just the attitude of this program, I think it's only going to help them because it's going to force them to be locked in every single game. You know, in mid-January, there, there's going to be no uh, taking a game off, right? Because the Cals and the Stanfords of the world and the Oregon States of the world, those guys are gone. I mean, these are teams that you're going to have to take seriously, and there's no doubt that it's going to be a, more of a challenge for them. I just tweeted at Matt Mulebach and asked if he only got paid for three fourths of the game. <laughs> That's a great one. Um, uh, Shu, what do you, uh, Shu? You're the uh, you're the uh, the sage of the Southwest, the venerable one. Sure, Close. let's go with those close this one out what do you think about arizona in the big 12 next year you know let's uh a, a couple things the quickie first how remarkably absurd is it that kansas won as many consecutive titles in that conference i think that's the most amazing streak that i've ever yeah. seen in sports yeah that that Honestly. maybe just gets completely for i don't know if it's completely forgotten but given the depth of legitimate talent in that league how is that possible Oh, cheating. Yeah. I forgot. That's it. Other than <laughs> cheating, it's absolute. That is an absolutely incredible uh, run of consistency in a legitimately strong league uh, year after year. Now, now the Big 12, I think, is probably now as good, if not better, than it's ever been. I think there's a coin flip discussion that will come up a lot based on character. And it's something that Arizona and a lot of other teams have to deal with. The optimistic version of being in a conference uh, like the Big 12 from a player standpoint uh, is that you're not going to have to worry about being battle-tested once you get into the NCAA tournament because that will take care of, that will take care of itself. And if it doesn't, you ain't going to be in the NCAA tournament. Yeah. However, the flip side concern about that is are so many teams in this league, in, in the league that's going to be so good, that they beat the hell out of each other in the regular season, and that ultimately hurts them come NCAA tournament time because of the gauntlet that they had to go through over the course of about uh, two months of the regular season. Those are the sorts of things that I think perhaps we'll find out as things go along. But there, there's going to be character and uh, confidence tested, I think, not just for Arizona, but a lot of teams uh, as, uh, as the conference expands and uh, adds some really good talent. All right. Everybody out there, you guys are all fantastic. We very much appreciate you. The one part about how Ben White uh, stays remarkably professional during <laughs> the chaos of this show. that the funniest thing I've heard all week. I'll take it. Ben, you need to screenshot that, and we need to put that up there because that's a very, very, very true point. All right, everybody out there, you guys are all fantastic. You're much better than me. Uh, you're much better than Shu. I don't know if you're better than Ben, but for us, you are all bar, so don't flatter yourself. But on that note, for Ben White, the venerable John Schuster, the great Jacob Franklin, I am merely Mike Luke. We'll be back with you tomorrow. Remember, BBN's mother is coming on, Big Bill Norton. If you want to see the person that birthed that big, large man, you get to see him tomorrow. You get to see her tomorrow morning. Back the to A. We'll be back with you tomorrow.